0: You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, the podcasting fallout continues, Pushkin and The Athletic consolidate for growth, the portable studio has arrived, the new AI helping polish your pods, and Spotify's expanded audio universe. Okie dokie, welcome to another week of Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I am here in sunny Scotland and Stocks, you were there in Australia. How's the weather down there?
1: Oh, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Days are getting longer sun is shining, yeah, weather well, is sweet, makes you want to move, you're dancing feet. I'm
0: experiencing the opposite side. I think we're, uh, our days are starting to get shorter. It's a lot darker in the mornings. It's going to be a lot darker during the day. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a bit of an adjustment over here, I think.
1: Hey, it all suits your colour palette.
0: Exactly. That's very mm. true. That is the one silver lining to come out of this. I might even be able to get a little bit of a tan from the five minutes of sunlight that there is. You've
1: done the rare double winter. Genius. hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> Well, look, it will give me a lot more time to consume content, particularly in the uh, in the weeks where I'm unemployed, so let's talk about what's happening out there. There's plenty going on in the world of podcasting.
1: Yes. So, the podcasting <laughs> fallout continues. Uh, according to an article on theverge.com, the podcast industry is experiencing another period. Well, the podcast industry continues to experience its period of consolidation. WNYC Studios and Pushkin Industries have merged in the process, Pushkin shedding about 30% of its workforce. Uh, while Spotify has acquired both Amazon Music and Kelsey Swift's podcast network. So, what's going on?
0: Yeah, I mean. Look, as we've kind of covered before, I mean, obviously, you know, all of these articles talk to this a lot, but there was a lot of growth in podcasting, a lot of investment in podcasting. And this is the kind of time where the, the chickens have come home to roost. Is that the right expression? Yep. At any rate, I think people are sort of starting to, you know, change what their expectation is, investors, etc., of, you know, where, where, what they want to see with the investments that they've done. Do they want to see growth or do they want to see returns? And they've gone through this period where they've been trying to, you know, get growth at any cost, and now people are wanting to see some returns from that. So, it's causing a lot of you know big decisions to be made, and and I think a lot of these consolidations and mergers and and layoffs, unfortunately, are the uh, are the result of this.
1: Yeah, look, I think there's a couple things here. There's too much content out there. There's too much crap content. The days of two people sitting in a garage and just rabbiting on. Uh, post you know, pandemic sort of one hour 40 hey what's your favorite <clears throat> movie and let's just chat for hours is gone uh, people are much more discriminating about their time now that they have lives back I think also though and there's just tons of podcasts out there and there's tons of crap but I think the other part of this is people are trying to acquire big big shows because where the consolidation is really happening is on for mine it's on the monetization and the production side of things so if you can mm-hmm. consolidate your production and basically have your production teams running at a higher volume or at least a high percentage of their time working that's good but then the big gain is from having critical mass as um, on a sales point of view. So having a consolidated sales team, but having enough content that people just can come to you. If you can own a vertical, like a Barstool yeah. Sports, owning a sports betting vertical, people come to you. Not saying they own it, but that's what they are and they've got so much gravity. I mean, that's why we're partnering with someone like an SCA because their content slate fits our content slate. and When we combine it together, we can go out and attack massive briefs. So mm. there is this real advantages to consolidation in terms of monetization. I think, and that's what's driving a lot of this. And people go, "Well, how can I acquire your top line shows?" A example, Pushkin Industries, because WMYC Studios has a monetization engine. Gladwell yeah. for all his things, probably not a great monetization guy.
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, that's evident as you know, he stepped down recently as the as the CEO of the company, or, um, and has become the editorial director and so Greta Cohn who joined Pushkin after her podcasting company Transmitter was acquired is going to be taking over as president so I mean that's you know that's a bit of recognition from Gladwell himself saying I can create this amazing content I have a you know a a talent for narrative the story Maybe not the kind of monetization side of things and maybe not, you know, how to really build a business.
1: Yeah, and look, this doesn't just affect guys like Gladwell. The Athletic has cut down on its sports podcasting. So, The Athletic is a subscription-based, high-quality sports written, um, primarily written content app that then also went big into podcasting. Now, they went hyper-local and they were sort of trying to cover local teams and things like that and and they've gone away from that. And look, I think the canary in a coma for something like this is a podcast we've referenced before. It's called The Anfield Rap. Obviously, I'm a rabid Liverpool fan. They were absolute pioneers in the sports podcasting space and they've been able to build a slate of incredible content, a uh, really cool app with subscription, very cool, also radio integrations and stuff. But even they've gone this year and not they're not just creating Liverpool-focused f- shows. They're creating stuff for the Liverpool fan who supports all f- sorts of at least all Premier League and to a degree European football. So you get shows that are actually recapping the entire uh, slate of games for the weekend or focusing on three or four teams each week outside of Liverpool while also focusing on Liverpool and doing it within the context of Liverpool. So even they've gone, we need to broaden out. We can't just be covering one team even though we're talking about in the English language world, one of the two or three most supported English teams in the world with a huge yeah. audience around the world. So even they've gone, we can't just be that specific and that hyper local centric on one team. So it makes sense that the, that the athletics gone, shit, we better pull back here because it's very easy to spit off derivative shows and just go, oh, we need to do one over here. We need to do one over there. Yeah
0: yeah and and i think like you know wait what you'll see is some of the ones that are a bit more organically hyper local so you know i'm a philadelphia 76ers fan there's a podcast called the right Ricky sanchez which has been going for around 11 years now it's a fan podcast essentially both of the the hosts work in media they're writers they you know they're, they're heavily involved in in the world of sports but they started this podcast as a way to kind of continue on their, their fandom of the of the sixes in particular yeah, this is one of these shows that's a bit more impervious to these kind of things because they run it themselves. They have you know, they have a pretty dedicated group of advertisers who work with them and they have a very dedicated audience. But it's something where the kind of authenticity shines through in every single thing that they do, as opposed to something like the athletic if they start up a dedicated, you know, Philly Seventy Sixers podcast. It might not have that same real like you know hardcore view that fans want to chime in on if they're interested in that sort of thing but i think if you really want to narrow in on one team it helps to have that dedicated host base i suppose
1: yeah absolutely so we have a um party that we work with very closely down in melbourne has an afl very successful afl podcast sort of network and has a format. We've been looking away to ways to work together and has a format that works really well for them in AFL and said, oh, let's do the NRL version. You guys do that. And we'll <laughs> partner on it. And it just doesn't work. We looked at it from a few angles and went, we can't replicate that because it's just, it's a slightly different sport that won't actually work. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. You just can't just do these derivative podcasts just to do it. They're very yeah. easy to do. But, uh,
0: yeah, it doesn't mean that. It's a guaranteed win.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get on the more positive stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is all about the decline and blah, 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 et cetera, of these big organizations and consolidation, but there's some fun stuff out there.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, a lot of the big kind of headlines from this is, oh, we're, we're cutting all this funding, or this show that cost $40 million is being axed and all these sorts of uh, stories. Whereas I think, you know, podcasting at its DNA is all about independent users being able to create their own shows, being able to create their own content. So there's been some great success in doing that. There's also a lot of barriers in the way, and that's something that technology looks to overcome um, whenever it can. And we've got some really cool little tech stories here. One in particular is about the future of podcasting with peer-to-peer innovation powered by Tether. Mm. So Stocks, tell us a bit about Keat.
1: Keat. All right, so this is sort of leveraging blockchain technology. So the aim is to decentralize the podcasting industry and leveraging said blockchain technology. The platform is powered by Tether, which is a stable coin that's pegged to the US dollar. So it's not just your normal crypto that fluctuates wildly in value like a Bitcoin or Dogecoin or just one of these coins that can fly high as a kite or drop. You know, drop like a stone based on just speculation or someone's tweet. So it is mm-hmm. pegged to the US dollar, but it is a decentralised currency. So the whole idea is John Smith took about the most generic name in the world. But this is Keats' <laughs> co-founder. Maybe an no alias. who knows. He believes current podcasting is centralised and controlled by a few big players, which it is increasingly, which ties back to the last story. And it limits the opportunities for independent creators. Half, half right, half no. Like, I mean, if yeah. you want talk barriers to entry to get into a medium, I think YouTube's number one, but podcasting's got to be number two. And in fact, yeah. podcasting is coming close to YouTube simply because you don't have to be able to edit video. So, Smith says he wants to create a platform that's open and accessible to everyone regardless of their background and experience, and they believe that the blockchain technology will help them achieve it and make it decentralized, and it'll be resistant to censorship and control. And it's going to allow monetization. So look, how's this going to work? It's this elimination of a centralized interface seems to be really key. It's a serverless operation. So you're not like we currently are uploading our podcast somewhere and then it's pushed out to the world. And users can initiate interactions directly between their computers, guaranteeing data privacy, security, and resistance over server outages. So it's almost, look, to give you an idea, it's almost going back to a bit lime wiry.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think... I think the serverless operation is quite interesting because, you know, that's certainly one of the, the the first hurdles that people can come up against is when they're trying to kind of if they you know if they've got a bit of scale to them and they're trying to do these deals to to have their shows distributed, yeah, you know, they've got to store everything somewhere, right? And this kind of takes away that need for those organizations that have the in, that infrastructure in place to be able to call the shots a lot more and and kind of take a lot of the the potential returns that you might have. I mean. You guys have, have had relationships with a few different hosting businesses in your time haven't you
1: yeah yeah we've played with almost everyone anyone who's anyone yeah they're all equally crap <laughs> I
0: was gonna say, do you want to give us a diplomatic answer but maybe not <laughs> no but yeah i mean this is this is kind of one of these things by decentralization it, it relies on the use of everyone's device or, or machine as its own micro server and and distributes that that load across everyone really
1: There's no sort of main owner in that space there. Yes. And so discoverability is a big thing you sort of worry about, but also it's probably the best thing because you're not having um, someone tip the scales a little bit to favor, say, one of their podcasts. Yeah. The platform's going to feature a reputational system that allows listeners to rate and review podcasts, and that'll help independent creators gain exposure to their audience. So I guess it's a bit like Dig or something like, you know, Dig was the first one where you voted things up and down, and that's, Mm-hmm. become reddit that's become almost anywhere yeah. where you can comment it's it's there's always a rating system keith's plan is to launch a platform in early 2024 who knows could this be the revolution could this be yes, the, the metaverse of podcasting
0: <laughs> let's stick a pin in that one and maybe come back to it uh early 2024 i suppose <laughs> Um, We've also got a nice little bit of tech that's coming through from Austrian Audio. So they have launched a new portable studio that simplifies podcasting and recording. So, we've seen a couple of these sorts of things in the past. This one caught our eye particularly. It wound up on Forbes.com, which instantly gives it a bit of credibility, I suppose.
1: Do you know what caught my eye? Look, I thought it was Australian. Was and I'm like, yes, let's champion the Aussie stuff. You'll love it. Stocks. gets around this. So
0: did I. <laughs> so did I. So, I did uh, go a fair way down the article before I realized it was actually Austrian, not Australian audio. I could not believe that there was a company that we hadn't heard of before, particularly given it had Australian in the name.
1: Yeah, and look, let's give let's give a shout out to Rode, who is an Australian company, who we use all their gear. You're on a Rode mic, I'm on a Rode mic. Rode is the very big player in podcasting, but this is fantastic. This is a this is a competitor, not not even to the Rode. Uh, the the roadcaster that road makes this is even more portable than that this could be ideal for you or particularly on your travels
0: absolutely i think i'll be increasingly trying to find little spots where i can duck in and and you know record a podcast i think that the time zone aren't necessarily in our favor which means that i can't always be in a nice little studio like you find yourself in stocks with beautiful leather-bound chairs and big glasses of Shiraz next to you and whatnot, I will be much more, you know, going into any unused phone booth that I can find and firing up a little podcast studio. So this kind of device will allow me to do that it's lightweight easy to carry around it's got a built-in microphone and headphone jack which means i can just control everything through that um and it's compatible with ios and, and android so it's going to be able to be used across a lot of things and hopefully it can plug into riverside yeah
1: so you can use it with riverside yeah you can plug it yeah. into anything it is you want yeah it makes it super accessible price point's great 299 us dollars or now that we've got to cater to you, 279 quid is the sort of going rate in in the British Isles. So it's... And there's pictures in there. We'll put the link in the show notes. It looks really cool. Um, it does. Really simple to use. Um, super portable. Yeah, I, I think it's something I think we'll probably get a, a, some, a kit and just have a play yeah. with it and just see how it works because um, it makes so much difference. The mic stands that we use, what we, we get from Road. They're a yeah. metal base and they're circular. And any time you go through customs with one of these in your bag, you are uh, getting yeah. you are get the, the <laughs> custom guy is pulling the gloves out, man. It's just like, what <laughs> the hell is that? Come over here. <laughs> and So this sounds a lot better.
0: Yeah, talk about the most generic uh, title of what you could be doing. What are you? What are you? I'm a, well, I'm a podcaster, sir.
1: I had a great um, U.S. immigration guy go. Exactly, I said. What, what are you here for? I said, I'm here for a podcast conference. And he goes, What's podcasting? And I was like, Come on, man! You're like you're a 30 year old um, <laughs> Korean American guy, like you know, like a podcast, like Joe Rogan, like this. Or that. I have no idea what it is. I was like, Ah, oh, fuck! And it was that's quite one of the, funny. So I was like, Oh, just media, media. It's a media conference. He goes, Okay. I mean, it's just being a dick to be a dick. Um, <laughs> but it was good fun, you know. It's love, love having this uh, uh, not well paid. Uh, U.S. civil servant just wielding it over you because they yeah, have ultimate power and you are at their mercy <laughs> after 16 hours on a plane.
0: Yeah, A love of latex. Well, we've got some more uh, tech coming our way. Again, this is a really good one for people who are, are starting up or even just trying to kind of streamline their operation. There's a new generative AI tool which is coming in and removing background noise from recordings, just making general your general record sound a lot more pro. It's called Magic Dust AI.
1: Great name, great name. So, yeah, what it can do is take pretty ordinary and low-quality audio file, so we might be trying it on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and give it near-studio-quality sheen, I'm eliminating background noise, enhancing the dynamic range, and giving the speaker a more professional mic sound. Could it make my voice more professional as well? It can even take recordings from, wait for it, Apple AirPods, and you professional sounding recording. So, yeah, look, this sounds awesome. They've been around since 2021. Their user base has grown from 150,000 to over a million. They reckon they've produced 12 million podcast episodes and pieces of content, which isn't that high if you've got over a million people in your user base and they've only produced an average of 12 podcasts each. So <laughs> maybe this is in for the, uh, the more kicking guitars end of the podcast market.
0: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, it, it, there's a bunch of AI tools out there for for podcasters, and it does come off the back of a little bit of an interesting stat. The, you know, they say of around 207 million co- uh, content creators worldwide, 32% cite podcast editing and production as one of the top three hurdles when considering podcast creation. So. It's something you know, that hopes to overcome those challenges and and just open the doors a bit more for people who want to express themselves in, and and about whatever topic they're interested in
1: sounds good man Jules so what's co-listening of podcasts?
0: Well, I mean, look, simply, it's pretty much there in the title. If you're listening to a podcast <laughs> most of the time, you're doing it by yourself. You see people walking along with their headphones. I would venture to say that, you know, 99% of those people are listening to podcasts. not music anymore. I think music's a thing of the past. It's all that podcasting these days. But sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you just have to be with someone and you have to be able to find some common ground that you can play in the car or, or wherever you are in the house. So you have to make a few you know, carry it through a few negotiations, come to some common ground and you end up co-listening to something. So you put something on and your speaker at home and everyone's listening to that or in the car is the kind of the best example of this when you're dropping the kids off at work or you're driving to work with your partner or going on a holiday or whatever that might be.
1: Yeah, I think this also falls under another use case of being watching a podcast on TV, which yep. I find I'm doing more of. And so you can sit down with someone and just, it's like watching a TV show. Let's watch this interview with so-and-so and let's watch this, let's watch, watch that. I watched a great interview with David Beckham around his Netflix show that's blowing up right now. And it was fascinating. It actually got me across the line to watch a show, but it was ba- essentially a video podcast. Um, it was very compelling. And I thought, let's go.
0: Yeah. So breakdown that they've got basically the highest co-listening times are, as you would expect, It's early morning, 6 to 10 um, is the is the bulk one, and then weekends uh, between six am and seven pm. So that's the whole day on weekends. I mean, sure, like everyone's around at, at the same time then. And then weekdays, generally in the morning, you're transporting yourself to or from work or school or what have you.
1: So you're co-listening with the people you cohabitate your life with, as opposed That's to right. you're probably not doing it in the workplace and going, hey, let's all listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> Let's Let's bang this on the communal speaker. But one of the things that I found interesting is the top jo- genres uh, most interested in listening among co-listening households, the genre is comedy. Which is well and truly the the standout at forty six percent, followed by true crime at thirty six percent, and and society and culture also thirty six percent, news thirty six percent, and education at thirty three percent. So I think comedy is just kind of one of those things that if you can find something that's pretty lighthearted, doesn't maybe require you to think too much, just sit back and enjoy yourself obviously that's going to be something that you're going to want to listen to with other people rather than something that might be like super hardcore.
1: Right, um, right, right. So co-listening skewing towards uh, entertainment as opposed yeah. to what we've talked about the most rusted on listeners who are listening on their headphones by themselves are going for knowledge. That's right. Very cool. cool. So one of the most popular formats I imagine for co-listening would be audiobooks on a drive in a car.
0: Yeah. I think it's the one sort of time where you might have yourself a couple of hours of just sitting there together and, and really want to dive into something You know, you've heard about all of these books that people seem to be reading and audiobooks gives you the opportunity to catch up on some of these titles.
1: So most people have noted who use Spotify that they've unleashed paid subscribers getting 15 hours of audio listening per month with over 150,000 audiobooks to choose from. This one kinda of caught me off guard because I know they've been playing in the audio audiobook space and they've been acquiring audiobooks and it appeared on the app, but then they actually found an angle. And it's a very cool yeah. angle because what you're doing is going head to head with Audible here. Because Audible gives you on a normal membership, gives you access to an audiobook a month, which really is probably in most cases around that fifteen hour mark, maybe even a little bit less. Yeah. What you're getting with Audible is you're getting access to podcasts through there, but they've also got exclusive Audible audiobooks and podcasts. There's a, there's a whole bunch of exclusive content that just sits on Audible that you can access unlimited. So I think mm. this feels like it's Spotify coming back at them and going, well, you're paying for music, so you're getting all the music. You don't have that Audible. You're getting podcasts, uh, but everyone gets podcasts on Spotify. It's not a premium service, but now we're giving you audiobooks. So it does feel like it's a real shot at Audible.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, Daniel Eck, uh, Spotify CEO, reckons it could be a $70 billion opportunity. So that's probably something that his investors are excited to hear. Uh, as you mentioned, it's 15 hours. That's that's a pretty good amount of time. It's not all across all of the titles, um, as you've said, but look, it, it does get you a full book, short of something like some big fantasy novels.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get through George RR Martin's catalogue, but you're getting half an hour, that's half an hour of listening a day. Yeah,
0: which is probably in line with most people's, yeah, which is probably in line with about the time that most people have to spend on these kind of things. I think also, you know, there's been some whispers around the place about Spotify potentially introducing a new uh, level of subscription. And that could come with some, you know, various audio quality uh, updates, but also extensions on the time of the audio. Oh, course. the
1: much rumored high fidelity. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> fidelity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, yeah, look. Um, I ain't counting my chickens on that one. So, look, let's get out of here on a couple of things. I want to know what you've been listening to on your travels through the world, through Southeast Asia, and here. Is there anything that's caught you?
0: For sure, man. I mean, look, I've been listening to small favorites, to be perfectly honest. When you're traveling across uh, multiple time zones and you've got a couple of kids, it's, you don't really have the time to sit there and get in, absorbed into something new. So there have been a few ones that I've been falling back on. Um, one I just do want to shout out is, you know, The Real Watchables is a is a show that we talk about quite a bit. There's one particular guest that they have on there, Kyle Brandt. I think that this guy is just hilarious. And they talk about all of the old sort of 80s, 90s action movies. So anything with Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, they just have a, a fantastic take on it all, and it's always a lot of fun. So the most recent one they've covered is a movie from the 90s called Toy Soldiers about a bunch of kids in you know, a you know elite sporting school in the states that gets taken over by terrorists and then the boys have to get together and figure out how to conquer them which is you know fantastic stuff in and of itself.
1: Yeah Carl Brown's a very interesting character right so he was he made it on the um, real world mm-hmm. then he was an actor on Days of Our Live and now he's pivoted basically he went on the Jim Rome Show, which is a sports show and he's ended up becoming basically working for the NFL network on a show called Good Morning Football. But his absolute, seems to be his magnus opus, is 80s (laughs) action
0: and talking on the rewatchables. It's amazing. And he cites that as one of his favourite things to do in the world. So hopefully there's a lot more of those to come.
1: He came from Princeton University as well. So, I mean, talk about Ivy League (laughs) uh, and maybe a misuse of
0: that degree. Yeah, what a perfect use. But also, obviously, being in a new country, I'm keen to kind of understand the inner workings around here. I want to be able to walk into to various rooms and, and talk the talk about politics and what have you. So I've been looking up a whole bunch of podcasts that specifically talk to you know Scottish and, and UK politics, pop culture, all of these sorts of things. So I've been diving into a lot of lists. There's a lot of BBC recommendations like or Westminster Hour. There's also some really hyper-specific uh, Scottish ones like The Stooshy, I think I'm pronouncing that right, but probably not. Um, The Thirst, which is more of a kind of pop culture show and Don't Alert the Stand. So there's a few things like this that I'm trying to get involved in and and hopefully I'll be able to make some friends and have some quick little conversation starters over here.
1: Right, so you've jumped from uh, one political discussion about a referendum to maybe another one over there in Scotland for a second independence referendum yeah exactly
0: right exactly right I think that the uh, the thirst for referendums and, and extreme kind of measures over here in the UK never seems to stop so particularly if you're in the Scottish region I think they'll be fighting long and hard for their freedom
1: <laughs> I, I just want I want to give one shout out to the death of a podcast for me um, Dario the CEO gone for me really listen to a couple last week i, I went in for the daniel Eck interview i thought this will be a ripper and uh, and i know spotify's been um, really doing a lot to promote a diary of a ceo even though it's not a, a spotify podcast it's one of the six podcasts that's you use for the translation they really get behind it because it's 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 cited by spotify people as being the best use case or one of the best use cases of the anchor platform the video platform they've got yeah. which is now spotify for podcasters i listen to the podcast it was it was crap. Right. And I think the other thing is I've been listening to these other longer-form podcast interviews. When I listen to interviews, I've I've not got pilled on it, but I've been listening to things like these longer-form things like these Andrew Huberman, Lex Friedman, that sort of – those guys who go long-form and just really – I think they seem to put in a lot more work, and they can have up to sort of three-hour interviews, but they often have an hour and a half. Yeah. And I just think I've become accustomed now to an actually more thorough form of interview, and I think – that uh, Diary of CEO, for me, it's lost it a bit. I think he's done too many. I'm not sure if he's actually as good an interviewer as he is. And the one thing that I find with him is he's a brilliantly smart guy and very successful. Maybe it's me because I'm older. He doesn't have a li- enough life experience for me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff he talks about as a guy who's 31, 32, I sit there and go, ah, you know what? Some of this is just going to become apparent to you, my friend. Just a fave. And then the cherry on a sundae is a Man United fan, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, but for me, I I went back and I I was so excited about this interview because I haven't listened to Diaries of CEO for maybe three or four months and I listened to it and I was like, ah, this isn't that good. Is it just Daniel Ek because he's a bit of a robot and he's a coder? Mm. I went back and listened to a couple more. I was like, "Mm, nah, it's not there for me anymore. So for me, that's a podcast. that I mean, that's why podcasts taste change and i don't think that show has evolved he has yeah. got rid of that cheesy bit where he goes um you know this is your secret don't share it with anyone which was the most ingenuous way to promote a podcast saying like don't share my podcast with anyone keep it as your secret yeah yeah which when he really wants you to share the shit out of it yeah, you know, exactly. he goes he goes so hard on the subscribe it'll make a difference because i'll get better i'll if you subscribe it makes a big difference because then i can put more money in the podcast and get better guests for you and that's what you know it's like no mate you want to make more money <laughs> just be genuine yeah I, I mean i may look back in three to five months and i love what he's done in terms of how he's changed the way a lot of people structure their podcasts Mm. but yeah for me out
0: as you mentioned before we also do have a referendum coming up on the weekend i've got my little overseas postal vote which i'll be dropping off today to the letterbox i'm sure you know everyone's heard more than enough about it already but if you are in that kind of undecided uh camp there's a couple of good podcast recommendations i've got for you these are pretty general ones they're not too hardcore um but they do try to be quite objective and, and balanced the squeeze show that we talk about a fair bit they've got a good little one which is a dedicated ask the squeeze show they have all of their listeners write in and ask various questions that they've heard things that they're confused about there's also a supporting online hub there which is really great um the daily oz has got a good little uh, dedicated show at the moment as does the guardian a complete um ask me anything that's been going for a few months there If you want something Mm. a bit more dedicated to The Voice, The Voice Referendum Explained on the ABC, uh, hosted by Fran Kelly and Carly Williams. is a really great show as well and talks to a lot of people out there in the community um, about their thoughts, fears, and, and hopes for The Voice.
1: That last one sounds good. The first three sound like they're echo chambers talking to echo chambers. Uh,
0: (laughs) They might be. They might be. And then there's also, you know, if you want to get away from my echo chamber of, of positivity around this thing, I'm sure you can find some stuff on Sky News. It's various shows.
1: All right, lefties. See you later. Bye.